going on, guys? Zach from the Rest of the Issues Podcast here. Welcome to episode 171. Young Lions Perspective. So glad to have you guys here with me on this Thursday evening. And I hope you're enjoying your day, your night, your Wherever you may be, wherever you are. The world! Thank you guys so much for taking out this episode of the podcast. As always, I really appreciate it. So before we get into all the good stuff, that is AEW Dynamite. I want to uh, talk about an announcement I was going to make uh, this weekend. Um, so it's like but I figured I'd do it today since we are getting into the first weekend. So, as of today, um, I want to let you guys know that Love Hate NXT will no longer be going down on Fridays. I know, I know. It hurts me too. It hurts me too. Um, I know, I love that as a way to kick off the weekend, but logistically for myself, and the uh, other members of the Wrestling Addict Radio family. Um, I want to get to it of the uh, other members. So, here's how the schedule is going to be from here on out. I think the way it, it, it looks, how it is logistically, it actually works out in all of our favorites, if you think about it. So, Monday will stay the same. Of course, Monday, news of the weekend, and... The good, the bad, and the ugly that will not go away whatsoever. That is one of my bread and butter things that I do here on the YLP podcast, and they're going to go away anytime soon. Tuesday will be, I will be debuting the first episode of what I'm going to be calling last week, this week. I know a little play on uh, a certain show that you watch on, if you watch on HBO. Um, so basically, what last week, this week is going to be is that I'm going to be talking about. Last week's episode of NXT this week. So starting on Tuesdays from and going forward from here on out, I will be talking about last week's episode on Tuesdays and get you guys ready for the next night's episode of NXT as a way to review and then preview. So we'll talk about the episode, of course, um, in, in similar love-hate fashion, what I loved about the episode, what I hated about the episode, and also get you ready for this Wednesday's, that Wednesday's episode of NXT. So that'll kind of be a little play, you know, play on, play on that last week, this week. So that's what I kind of wanted to call it there. I thought it was a cool name for it. I tried to think of like really clever shit for NXT. And I thought last week, this week, oh, I thought it was the coolest one that I could think of off the top of my head. Now, in terms of Thursdays, Thursdays episodes of, um, Love, Hate, AEW, Dynamite will not be changing. That will stay status quo, but I'm also going to be renaming that as well. And the, today is the debut episode of what I'm calling Light the Fuse. Now, if you have actually listened to the lyrics of AEW Dynamite's actual song, theme song, uh, Light the Fuse is actually part of the one of the part of the lines of the song itself. So I figured I was going to go with Boom Goes the Dynamite, but that's a little too cliche for my taste. And I thought Light the Fuse would be a solid name and I think would be a pretty cool last logo. Shout out, looking at you, King Ricky Rose. Let's, let's start that up, man. Let's, let's, get it, let's get that going. So that's what the schedule is going to be from starting next week. Um, henceforth, um, it will be Monday will be News of the Weekend and The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Tuesdays, last week, this week, talking about NXT's last week's episode, and then getting ready for that week's 
get you prepared for that week's episode of NXT, which I think is a really cool concept. Um, and then Thursday is status, still status quo, and now what we are calling Light the Fuse. Um, hopefully that'll, so set your planners. All right, set everything up, all that good stuff. Um, I'm really excited about this kind of new format because then it kind of gives me time to, um, it gives me a three-day weekend, one, which I, which I think, shout out to uh, Ricky on that one, but it's also considerate of the other members of the, uh, Wrestling Attic Radio family. Um, I know there's other, uh, I believe, uh, I'm trying to think of, I think the Game Changer podcast also comes out on Fridays, so... Being considerate of that and not trying to be too overbearing. Um, Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays are open pretty much for me. Um, I don't like to say I'm the workhorse of WAR. It's just uh, how I've been doing it for the past close to two years now, um, three days a week, without question. Um, it's just how I've been doing it. But I think with this format and all that stuff, I think it's going to work out a lot, lot better for you guys especially for Tuesdays that we get to talk about last week's episode and then preview the coming week's episode. I think that's going to be really cool. I can't wait. I'm so excited to actually do this. Um, It kind of messes up my gym schedule just a little bit, but we can get past that. I still get my four days in per week. It's just, I get three straight days of the gym uh, with two days rest and then a day in the gym and then one day, you know, all that good stuff. But either way, I want to let you inform you guys of what the situation was with all of that. So again, Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays, starting next week, all right, which I believe, let me see what day it is today, I can't remember days of the week most of the time, so, it is Thursday, February 20th, so, so, starting February 24th, this coming Monday, the 24th, the 25th, and the 27th, all right, I will be doing uh, my episode, you know, episodes for, you know, news of the weekend, of course, last week, this week, NXT review and preview. And then that 27th will be status quo as usual. Like the fuse. What I loved about AEW Dynamite and what I hated about AEW Dynamite. I hope you guys enjoy that, um, little thing. Set your plan is correctly. Um, again, this is just me just, um, you know, making sure I don't step on other everybody else's toes in terms of, you know, doing that and it kind of helps me out a little bit too because then it's front loaded and then I can go into the weekend you know just three days to get my stuff together if I want to work on other things as well you know Patreon content and all that stuff but that's neither here nor there other than that guys let's get into AEW Dynamite review I mean last night guys I know last week I said this that was the greatest episode of AEW Dynamite's history so far and I may lie, (laughs) but it was very close. This was such a good episode. And the most important thing we all need to take away from last night's episode of AEW Dynamite is simply that um, as predictable as this show was, and it was quite predictable, um, Dynamite still put on a fantastic episode of AEW just knew exactly what they were doing. Now that we're literally almost like we're literally eight days away from AEW's first pay-per-view of the year for revolution. Um, and I'm excited, you know, especially when they're putting on shows like they have been putting on the past couple of weeks, they have really, and and I kind of figured this was going to happen, but I did not think they were literally going to take the right hand of Thanos and just beat the living hell out of us with just amazing content. I was, I was just, 
enthralled by this. And that's not a word I use, really use every day, enthralled. Yes, I know how to spell it. Shut up. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, oh, Zach's talking and using his big words. All right. Talk to King Ricky. He got some, he got some words for your ass. Let me tell you, but the but but he is a but that man knows psychology like the back of his hand. Trust me when I tell you, he is a smart dude. Um, shout out to King Ricky. Uh, of course, shout out to Kate. Shout out to Will. Shout out to Nate. And shout out to my homie Fretzy. You know, shout out to the squad. Real quick, as I as I like to show love every chance I fucking get. Um, but yeah, AEW really put on a fantastic episode that I don't think honestly when I was doing when I was writing down my notes and I was literally doing this ten minutes before I started doing this. I literally only have one thing to hate on. And I'm going to try to elongate it as much as possible to give you give you some bit of content of what I hated. But this was not an episode that you could hate. This episode was a solid, in terms of my viewing of it, 8 out of 10 hands down. This was a wonderful episode. I was very, very happy with what came out last night. They, they really cranked their shit up. And let's really get into what what we really what we sh- what you should have enjoyed about this and maybe we'll talk about a few details here and there maybe if i remember off the top of my head so the steel cage match between cody and wardlow was everything we we you and me you the listener and me talking to you we needed it to be my god first and foremost the cage itself was beautiful i saw the, when i saw the preview um i was reading go through i think it was reading uh, ringside news um last night about after i got out of the gym i was actually in the gym because in my i I work out in my uh fitness center in my apartment complex um where i live and which is like a two minute walk for me so i have no excuse um and i'm looking at it and i'm just like this looks dope if you didn't watch aew dynamite last night and you didn't want a dvr i will give you literally 10 seconds to not just skip ahead skip ahead for about i'd say five minutes it's gonna be five minutes if you don't know what's going on. If anything, you shouldn't be listening to this episode anyway. I want you to watch the episode first, then come back and talk, and we'll have that discussion. But we done? Okay. So the cage itself was fucking beautiful. Beautiful. I was so thoroughly impressed. And the rules behind it were even better. Um, and something WWE should really consider when it comes into their steel cage matches. You can only win by pinfall or submission. No escape from the cage. None of it. They aren't having any of that. You you win in that. You fight in that cage. You win in said cage, which I think is the smartest thing AEW can do. And we'll talk about other rules for um, the Team Battle Royal as well. We'll discuss that later on in the segment. But my goodness, pinfall or submission, you win in the cage. You win. You fight in that cage. This match, this main event, and I figured it was going to be the main event of the show. Um, damn. Everything that Cody and Wardlow did in that cage was beginning to end. Well done. Wardlow looked like a fucking beast. A straight up beast. My fucking God. Wardlow, and I love the fact that um, the commentary team even took time out to actually point out that yes even when he's wearing the you know the fancy suits and all this shit um you know they they took time to realize yo i mean yeah he's wearing the full size you know the all customary suits but when he comes out that suit and he's in his gear that boy looking clean that boy is that boy's jack that boy is good and ready to go he, he's built man he's built i mean 
former former I believe he did a former bodybuilder and he, I believe I believe he played in sports um in his heyday. So he definitely has the build to do so. He looks like a beast. He had the singlet on, you know, clean, look menacing, ready to go. Cody was ready to fight. Just beginning to end was just fucking fantastic. Um, the spot that really caught me caught my eye the most, well, two spots actually. The spot where Arn Anderson hit MJF with the steel cage door, which I thought was pretty cool, with MJF trying to goad uh, Arn into hitting Cody with the door, and he hits him in the process, and then uh, MJF trying to climb the cage to go after Cody, but Brandy hits him with the steel chair. She, he looked like he was about the he was about the Arthur fist. And Arn Anderson threw him over the barricade, which I thought was pretty cool as well, preventing him from getting back into the, trying to do anything into the matchup. Um, I love the fact that Cody bled a, a little little taste of color. Never hurts. Um, it really shows that, you know, this is a really hellacious cage match. Wardlow looked like a, even in defeat, looked like a fucking million bucks. And I think that was what they were going for. Again, as predictable as the show was, and I kind of figured Cody was going to win this matchup. Um, to keep his momentum going into um, Revolution, Wardlow looked like a fucking god. In that, like he really beat the hell out of Cody. He beat the living shit out of Cody. I was thoroughly happy by what they were doing with that. Um, there was, there's no reason for you know anyone to be even mad about last night. I really don't believe that you know. Anybody should be upset with um, with anything that should be going on at all, you know, at all. I mean, if, if you were, then that's a you problem and you need to figure that out. So other than that, though, I mean, they really just it, it was really well done. I was really, you know. It was just, oh man, I was just so happy with the result of this matchup. You know, I was I was just so well done with this. And there was no other reason why, you know, Cody wasn't going to win this match. Just like just think about it. I mean, if you really thought Wardlow was gonna beat um If you thought Wardlow was gonna beat Cody, well uh I mean that that's that's a you thing, you know. That's a you thing. But this was just fantastic. I was just very pleased with the result. I was really pleased that um I was just really pleased with everything that happened. The cage, like I said, the cage looks good. Uh Wardlow came out to play Wardlow beat the hell out of Cody and Cody fought the fact that they booked Cody to fight back and get the victory, that moonsault off the top of the cage was just, holy fuck, that, that was at 20 feet in the air? Man, it, woo! My God. This, this was a very well done match um, from beginning to end. And I, I hang, Wardlow should not hang his head. Wardlow had a very great match. I was very happy with the, with the result. On the, on the other side of that, in terms of debuts, John Moxley versus Jeff Cobb was an interesting match with a very surprising ending. Jeff Cobb, if you've never seen the man wrestle, go out of your way and watch some of Jeff Cobb's matches. Seriously. Um, he's faced Moxley before um, in New Japan. 
I believe it was day three or four of the G1 Climax tournament. Um, I believe Moxley beat him in that match as well, but I'm sure it went a little bit longer. I, I mean, when you catch when it's the G1 Climax, you don't catch every single um, day of said tournament. You don't. You're not able to. And it does suck that you're not able to. It really does suck because, I mean, you want to... You want to see everything, but you just can't see everything. So, if you don't have time, to, if you don't have time, it be what it be, you know. But I'm definitely gonna go out of my way to see how everything goes on with that. I'm gonna go out of my way and find that uh, match. But talking about this particular matchup, this was a very very fun match, and Cobb and Moxley went at it. They really went blow for blow in this matchup. This was just my, this is my kind of match. This is literally, it's, it's my, it's my kind of fight. They really just beat the hell out of each other. Right up Moxley's alley, right up Jeff Cobb's alley. You know, you know, the inner circle appearing, Jeff, uh, Jericho coming out with the ticket. Um, You know, watching from the VIP with front row seats. Excuse me. You know, Atlanta singing Judas. Uh, along with him as well. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Um, just everything about these two. I would love to see this match again. I would love for them to revisit this matchup. Um, they were just going at it against each other, and there was no reason why um, anybody should be upset with this, uh, other than the fact that maybe you thought that Cobb was going to beat Moxley. I actually thought for a, a good bit that. Cobb was going to beat Moxley, but I think the way that we're doing it, um, is you know just let it allowing Moxley to get you know to somehow still be able to beat the inner circle even with the newest member. Now, I'm not saying Cobb is the newest member because he isn't fully signed to AEW, nor is he signed to any other promotion. He is just doing his thing. And that allows Cobb to have really good matches. And for some people, it's the first time that they've seen Jeff Cobb. So if that was your first time seeing Jeff Cobb, then damn. You know, that that's just great. The ending of this matchup was hilarious. So we'll just talk about the ending real quick. So, Cobb wobbles uh, after a running knee from uh, Moxley. Moxley brings at him again, runs into a snap German. Uh, Moxley backs up, hits him with the rebound lariat. Fans are going bananas. Uh, Inner Circle is getting worried. You know, Moxley and Cobb get up, start throwing hands back to back. Moxley getting the edge. He then runs into a super kick, rebounds off the ropes, hits a rebound lariat, which is a signature of his, for those of you who knew him from another name. Um, Cobb stays up, though, clobbers Moxley down. Drags Moxley up, reels him in. Moxley slips out. Uh, Moxley goes for the low kick. Cobb pushes Moxley away from the underhooks when he's going for the paradigm shift. Uh, Moxley stops himself in the corner. Cobb hits a running uppercut. Down went Moxley. Gets in the apron. Cobb kinds of, uh, climbs up the corner, drags Moxley up, hits a deadlift suplex. But somehow, some way, Moxley had the wherewithal to cradle counter um, Jeff Cobb and get the victory over Cobb. I mean, that was really, that was a really, really slick way to, you know, end a matchup off a, off a, a superplex. 
And somehow, I think it looked like Cobb was trying to go for the pin. Like, oh, he's going to roll over on top of Moxley. And Moxley had the wherewithal to catch him slipping and got him and just held him down just enough for the three count. That was very clever booking. Uh, and whoever produced that, very, very smart on your part. That was fucking very nice. Very well done. I was just very proud of that matchup. Probably one of my favorite matches of the night. Um, right after the match, though, is where things got very interesting. Um, so after the three count was administered, uh, out come the inner circle attacking Moxley. Cobb starts beating the hell out of him. It's a four-on-one at this point. Out comes Dustin Rhodes. He wants to go after Hager. Um, Cobb and Sammy turn the tide, bringing it back to a four. Uh, now uh, Moxley's down. Now it's a four-on-one on Dustin. Fans start booing. Out go the lights. Crowd's trying to figure out what the hell's going on. And all they then hear is Darby Allen's theme song. Darby Allen returns to AEW last night. And the crowd in, I think I believe it was, I believe it was, um, were we in Kansas City? I just want to make sure we're at. I, know, I think Kansas City's next week. If I'm not mistaken. It's terrible that I do not remember. Uh, Atlanta, of course, I am terrible with shit. Forgive me, y'all. Um, <laughs> so the Atlanta crowd goes bananas. And out comes Jeff Cobb. I mean, not Jeff Cobb, uh, Darby Allen. Fans going ballistic. He skates down to the ring, rushes the ring, uses the skateboard. Uh, Hager goes for the low blow. That hits the skateboard. Uh, Dustin clotheslines Hager out of the ring. He jams Sammy in the ribs. Hits him with a kickflip smash. Cobb then steps up. Clubs Darby down with that. It's a German suplex. Darby lands right on his feet, though, from Cobb. He jams Cobb with the the board. Cobb eats a paradigm shift. Darby throws Sammy into the ropes. Moxley stalking Jericho. Atlanta's going ballistic at this point. They start beating the hell out of each other. Moxley goes for the Irish whip. Cody runs away, though, before uh, Moxley could throw a punch. And Atlanta was literally beside himself. You know, and when we had the picture in picture, when we went to break, he pretty much said to Sammy, Sammy, in 10 days in Chicago, February 29th at AEW Revolution, you're finished. The inner circle is finished. Mox will take your title, but I will take so much more. Your voice, your livelihood at Revolution. I promise I will hit you up. He then tears the card slashes the throat pretty much saying i'm going to fuck your life up and then we come back from break with that going into the world tag team championship match but before we discuss the world tag team championship um i want to talk about nyla rose's promo real quick and the state of the women's division in and of itself nyla rose can sure cut one hell of a promo can she I, but I, I understand she's transgender, whatever. Shut up, all right? Fuck you, this is my shit. Nyla Rose can cut a fucking promo, all right? She comes out, Tony Giovanni, congratulating her, congratulating her on the win. I can't talk today. And all she hears are boos from the Atlanta crowd. So she comes out. Is that really the greeting of a champion? Well, you all sound like annoying little bees. 
showing that she pretty much shows the holds the belt up high, saying, "This is justice. I should have been the original champion and the highest paid woman in AEW. I should be on the posters and graphics, but waiting made me hungry, and when I get hungry, I break bitches." Rio got broken. Now, Tony defending, you know, stating that Rio showing a lot of courage in that match. Since it's courage, little Rio showed courage. But where did it get her? I represent unbridled power. The bees can buzz and say whatever. But in the end, the fact remains. Nyla is the queen bee in this hive. I vow to be a one-time champion because no one can match me. No one is a beast like me. All right. Out comes Chris Statlander. She holds up her finger and boops the belt. She wants next. Nyla swats her hand away. And then out comes Big Swole. And of course, she starts flexing on uh, Miss Nyla. And she's saying, Queen B, huh? Let's see it. Let's see it. Pretty much getting in her face. So, of course, referees and security come out. That pretty much ended the segment there. But here's what I took away from this for the women's division. And I've been waiting, waiting for something like this to go down. Y'all, the AEW women's division is starting to get, starting to heat up. And I can really, and I'm ready to see, actually. What they are capable of in 2020. I think in 2019 when Rio won the championship, it was it was good. It was nice. It was adorable. You know, this little 98-pound thing. You know, win a championship against all odds. You know, David versus Goliath type shit. You know, but with Nyla as champion, though, I think it shows a little different. You know what I mean? It shows something. It shows a little bit. You know, more. You know what I mean? I think with Nyla as champion, you can get a little bit more out. I think now you can start to really you can start to really, you know, start building up challengers. With Rio, it was really limited. And I I mean looking back on things. Um looking back on Looking back on it. Rio didn't have many challengers in the championship. I think she had what? She faced a fatal four-way. Um, I think she de- defended against Emi Sakura. And then she faced Chris Statlander right after that. And I think that was pretty much her run as champion. With Nyla, I think you can get a lot more run with her as champion. A lot better run and a more dominant run. Now, I don't say I won't say necessarily you need her to be at um, AEW Revolution defending the championship I think right now would be a little bit too soon 
Um, I say wait a little bit. I say if you're going to have contenders, Big Swole Chris Statlander would be your first con- number one contenders match. Have Statlander get that uh, either. I, I'd say since Statlander's got the hot hand, let Statlander get the first shot. That would be a hell of a title match. Rose versus Statlander, I'm all for that. I need that. Big Swole versus Nyla Rose after that, I need that. Get Britt Baker involved, I need that. And start building up the rest of the division. Because now you can use your utilize your baby faces a lot better than you can with your heels. Sadie Gibbs, Shanna. I you know, I know they had I know they had a feud um during AEW Dark for a couple weeks. They had a couple of matches. So they can easily revisit that. Without question. But I think right now, with Rose as champion. With Rose's champion, you can do a lot more. You can have a lot more baby faces. Of course, Rio's gonna get a rematch. That's three. Um, Sadie Gibbs, you can start you can start bringing up talent. Start bringing up baby faces. Start really pushing the babyface agenda for Nyla Rose to go after. But you have to make sure, AEW has to make sure that, you know, AEW has to make sure that not only do they keep her dominant, but they want to make, they make sure that they actually have a slew of babyface talents who go up against her. And who and you gotta think too, the crowd already despises Nyla. They already hate her. Bonafide heel she is. I mean, think of everything she's done. You know, put Rio through a table, put Shanna through a table, put refs through a table. She's a beast. Alright? So you can have her do a lot of damage to the baby faces until one eventually is capable enough to defeat her. Now, who that who that may be, I don't know. Could it be a Statlander, a Shanna, a Big Swole? I don't know. But that's the best part. Because now, again, you have a lot of babyface talent you can actually use um, to line her up against across the ring. And really... Really, you know, act like so, like really actually do some things. This is what I've been waiting for. This is what I've really have been waiting for in terms of AEW's women's title picture. I have been waiting for this for so long, and now we get to see it. I can't. I I can't wait to really see. What they do, I think this will be a one. I think this will be an evolution of the division. I think with Nyla Rose winning the championship last week, her coming out and cutting that promo that she did with uh, with Tony Schiavone last night, Nyla Rose can now easily become one of the biggest names in AEW. Go, not even gonna lie to y'all, you know. You already have Britt Baker as one of the top stars in the women's division. 
And I've always stated that Britt Baker is someone you can build around. Nyla Rose is also a talent you can build around as well. Again, you have to have those foundational pieces. Rio, love her to death. She's adorable. And she can definitely go in the ring. But I think when you have the talent of a Britt Baker, and we'll discuss her in a second, and a Nyla Rose right now, um, Rio pales in comparison right now. We didn't really see her much on television, unfortunately. And a lot of fans of AEW, that was their biggest gripe with the with Rio. They, we didn't see her enough. You know, we didn't see her defend her title enough. I've seen it. I've seen all the John on on social media. But let's be real. With Nyla Rose's champion, you make the division more interesting. Because now that we have a dominant heel as champion, we now get to see all the baby faces come out. You know, and think down, let's think further. Again, a Sadie Gibbs. Um, actually, let's go to the AEW rankings real quick since we've got, you know, a little time here. Let's see. I believe they did. Yes, they uh, did 4-1 Mania. Uh-uh. So as of right now, with the with the ladies' rankings, now that you've got Nyla Rose as champion, you have Rio at number one because she does get a, her rematch. Statlander at two. Hikaru Shida is definitely one I would definitely be looking at to face Nyla in the future. Yuka Sakazaki, and I wouldn't say that much. Britt Baker at five. But you do have also Sadie Gibbs. You do have a Shanna. You do have a Big Swole. You do, I mean, you do, you think about it, you actually have contenders. Again, Rio, Statlander, Shida, Sakazaki, Gibbs, Shanna, and Big Swole. That's seven right there off the top of my head. Seven. That you could really run with. If you want to throw a bit Baker in there to get her shot, eight. But now you have a women's division with a champion that's dominant. With a champion that's dominant and that can really go. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's going to be, it's fucking beautiful. You know, it's one of those things where you just, you, you just want to sit back, relax, and just be like, damn, this is going to be good. Again, dominant heels, as long as you have the baby faces to really build around her, you can make this a great, great run for Nyla Rose as the women's champion. What I also enjoyed was Britt Baker on commentary last night. She was throwing hella shade on uh, the commentary team last night. This was this was very fun. Um, more so even with the Chris Statlander Shanna match. You know, this was fantastic. You know, it, it, it's just very nice to now start to see an evolution of the women's division in AEW. Because I've been saying for the longest time, the women's division in AEW has been the weakest proponent of AEW so far in the last five months. And you've seen it week after week. 
now that we're getting, now we're starting to see more talent. I hope to see more talent come out of AEW Dark and compete on AEW Dynamite. I really do. Um, I mean, if you give me a match like Chris Stantlander and Shanna every single week for the women's division, you're going to get a lot of fans coming through to see that, especially who are fans of the ladies in the ring. And that's for real, for real. You know, this that match was, the match between Statlander and Shanna was great. Britt Baker on commentary was great. Nyla Rose's promo was great. Just everything about the women's division last night, I think definitely is a, should be looked at, looked at as a hallmark moment. And the... women's division right now this should be the moment that i i would say right now february 19th 2020 was the debt was the night that the aew women's division began its ascent i've always stated that divisions go through cycles nxt tag team division right now it's going through a cycle of resurgence i think right now i think this is the cycle of ascent for the women's division in AEW. I think it starts now having Nyla Rose as champion. The promo she cut. Chris Statlander coming out and going after her. Big Swole going after her. Chris Statlander and Shanna's match last night. Britt Baker on commentary. You now have, They now have no excuse. They have to now build off this. And damn. What took you so fucking long, All Elite? What took y'all so long? Seriously, what took y'all so long? Finally, what I loved about AEW Dynamite last night, Hangman Page and Kenny Omega versus the Young Bucks is going to be one hell of a tag team match going on next Saturday night. My fucking God. Now, Young Bucks, of course, won the Tag Team Battle Royal last night. Kind of predictable, um, if you think about it. Which is okay. I'm not mad at it. The way they booked it, though, was pretty solid, having uh, only one member of the Bucks being able to come back from uh, possible elimination and win said matchup is always a good thing. And then the, the Tag Team match we got with the Lucha Bros and the... And uh, Paige and Omega was fucking amazing. So that was that. Oh, anytime you can get Lucha Bros in the ring with anybody, they make that shit look clean. I mean, using I mean Pentagon using Hangman as a step stool to hit uh, Omega with a destroyer. Holy shit! I mean, these four had last competed against each other in October. October of last year. That was the last time we saw these two teams face each other. And now we're now getting it. Four months later, it didn't feel like, you know, oh, they're facing each other again. That's the one thing AEW does quite well is that they don't, they stretch matches far out enough to make you long for it. And when they actually announce the match, they make you think, holy shit. They make you think, holy 
fucking shit. Damn, I'm ready. Holy fucking, I mean, this, this, I mean, the fact that we got a tag match, tag title match that we got last night. Woo! Man, it's very hard to try to tweet and try to watch this matchup because I couldn't. Even the the way they ended it, too, was just clean as shit. Um, Pentagon, Dragon, Omega up, tagging in Phoenix, brought him right in. Phoenix goes up, Omega slips out into the Snapdragon. Phoenix went for, tried to go for a Torneo, eats a V-Trigger, which was fucking, uh. Hits Tiger, Tiger Driver 98, goes, for, gets the, goes to the pin, gets a two count out of that somehow, some way. Um, Omega slashes the throat, drags Phoenix up, looked like he was going for the one-winged angel. Phoenix fights out of it, gets the waist lock. Omega gets the standing switch. Phoenix elbows free of that. Hangman blind tags in Phoenix as he runs at Omega. Uh, Omega sidestepped them. Phoenix hits the Tiger Fink, comes back in. Omega ducks the heel kick, and at the same time, Hangman started his buckshot lariat right into the buckshot trigger. Wow. I'm loving the fact that they, these two are finding ways to hit that buckshot trigger in different fashion. It's kind of like the RKO to me, how we can, you know, that's the kind of shit I like. Moves that you can literally hit from any position in the ring. That was probably the cleanest buckshot trigger I've seen from these two. The timing of it was absolutely perfect. That tiger faint right into that, the sidestep, missed the duck heel kick, and then bang, buckshot trigger. One, two, three. Hangman Page and Kenny Omega versus the Young Bucks. It was a long time, it's been a long time coming. It's been, I've been pretty much telling myself, this is the match. That's the match we're going to be seeing at AEW Revolution for the World Tag Team Championship. Um, it's been leading up to it for quite a while. The buildup as to, uh, up to it as of late, of course, Hangman Page um, doing his own cowboy shit, getting turned up, drinking in the crowd, getting crowd surf, all that shit. You know, Young Bucks are just like, whatever. Kenny feels like he's being dragged in the middle of all of this. And you saw the visual of that, you know, after the matchup, Young Bucks coming out. They're pulling Kenny one way. Hangman's pulling, uh, Hangman the other, Hangman's pulling Kenny the other way. Hangman, Kenny's just like, wait the fuck up. Wait a fucking minute. Hold, let, let me, let me be. All right. You know, friends, of course, well, kinda, uh, in terms of Hangman. Um, but this is going to be one of those, I think this is going to be a really good match for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. This is going to be really, really fun to see. And I'm, I'm, and a lot of people are, I'm sure, will be curious to see what Hangman Page is going to do. Given the fact that Kenny Omega also has to deal with a 30-minute Iron Man match against Pac three days before AEW Revolution. Three days before AEW Revolution, and we're going to see a 30-minute Iron Man match. Between Omega and Pac. And then on top of that, he then has to go to AEW Revolution and defend the World Tag Team Championships against two of his best friends. 
that is going to be an insane week for Kenny Omega. It's going to be a very, very fun week for us because then we get to see Kenny Omega do two big matches um, in a span of four days. You know what I'm saying? This is going to be fun. I can't wait to see what the what you know what's going to be going down on next Saturday night. It's going to be great to see. I mean, this story between, with Kenny Omega in and of itself has been fucking fantastic. Um, again, if you want to go check out the, what, what's all been going on, go check out um, Phoenix NJPW on Twitter. Um, Amy broke it. Amy broke it all down, one hundred percent, with every bit of the story, including the being the elite stuff that um, also adds details in the story in and of itself. So again, at Phoenix NJPW over on Twitter, go check that out, find it, read it, live it, learn it, love it, and then you will get a lot more of the backstory um, as to why we are where we are with the feud. Other than that, guys, that's going to be it for what I loved about AEW Dynamite this week. Coming up on Light the Fuse, of course... Even though I love this show, and this show was absolutely fantastic, there is one thing in particular that I wasn't feeling about last night's Tag Team Battle Royal. So, get yourself a cold beverage, get yourself a snack, you know, if you got a walkie dog, handle your business, relieve yourself if you got to go to the facilities, then come back here, and we'll talk about what I did not like about this Tag Team Battle Royal on episode 171 of the Young Lions Perspective. We'll be right back. And we are back with episode 171 of the Young Lions Perspective. Debut episode of Light the Fuse. So let's discuss the Tag Team Battle Royal last night. Now, in terms of the um, the whole spiel with, you know, the Tag Team Battle Royal and um, all that, the one thing I, I really wasn't digging and I kind of got bummed out about is that... Um, Some of the teams, it looked like in the Battle Royal, looked like they forgot that a match was even going on. It was kind of weird, if you think about it, because I remember I'm watching the match and I'm thinking like all these teams are like, you know, of course, Justin Roberts is going over the, the rules of the matchup. You know, both members of the team have to be eliminated for a team to fully be eliminated in the matchup, which I thought was a great call by AEW in order to do so. But it got to... It, I mean, that, the match started and, you know, every, like pretty much teams just rushed into the ring and started beating the hell out of each other. kind of reminded me of um, Semi-Pro when Will Ferrell... Um, with Will Ferrell on them. And they went to commercial and pretty much, you know, it got to a point where it was getting a little chippy between the, tro- the Tropics and the Spurs. And once they went to commercial... You know, Will Ferrell just yells out, everybody hit everybody. 
and everybody starts beating the hell out of each other before in uh in, within like the two minutes they had before they went to uh went back came back from commercial um pretty much that's how it was but it looked like at one point um the beaver boys just came in like a couple minutes after the match had started um members of the dark order john silver and um I think it was was it John Silver and, and uh, Alex Weaver? Yeah, I keep forgetting Alex's name. I always remember John Silver's name because that's kind of the one I know of between the most. Um, I forget his name. I'm kind of bummed out that I don't remember it off the top of my head. But um, they come in like a couple minutes after that. Um, Proud and Powerful come out, you know, come into the match a few, like, a, like about 10 minutes after that. It felt like everybody forgot the bell rang, and we just did that. That was kind of like one of the weirder things of this matchup. A predictable match, of course, but it was one of those things where I was just like, what in the hell is this? You know, when everybody, you know, when the bell rings, everybody get in the ring and start going bananas. You know, start, they start beating the shit out of each other. And I don't know. I don't know. Um, it just kind of confused me a little bit as to, you know, what that. Like, I think that was like. I'm not sure if they were trying to do it, have it out of place or anything like that. But I, it just kind of weirded me out a little bit the, with the fact that. Um, you know, just out of nowhere, okay, just one team would come in, and another team would come in, um, all that stuff, so it was just kind of weird to me how that all went out, now the match went over very well in my eyes, to me personally, but in terms of, you know, just that aspect of it, um, AEW should have realized, you know, I, you know, if they were trying to do something like this, all teams should have immediately gotten the, involved in the matchup from be, from the beginning. It would have just made a lot more sense for that to happen, and it would kind of, I think it would have came across quite well if they had done done that instead of just having teams come out there. Now, of course, the Dark Order, you know, distracting SCU, having them get eliminated from the matchup, that's cool. You know, seeing Luchasaurus and uh, the Butcher go at it, that was cool. It was just that one. It was just like one of those little things where I'm just like, wait, why isn't everybody getting involved? Um, right now, why is just you know most of the teams, but not everybody getting involved? Like teams are literally just standing out, standing on the outside. You know that was kind of weird to me, in a sense. I don't know, but it was one of those things where I was just really, really confused by. I'm gonna say it was like the worst thing in the world, but it was something I really, really was just wasn't feeling last night. And I remember listening to Joe Cronin and Jake DeMarco about this, and they were just as confused as I was, just like. You know, why wasn't everybody, you know, just in the ring at the same time? You know, teams, you know, and I, I'm saying the same thing that Jake DeMarco did too. Um, he even said the same thing I did, you know, you know, why, you know, they forgot a match was going on or something like that, or they were just waiting for their cue to go on there. I don't know what happened. But that's kind of, that was basically what I really, really hated about this week's episode of AEW Dynamite. Um, so, with the extra time that I have, usually I want to go. At least double-digit minutes on this. Um, we can go. We can get into some AEW news. 
um, if you'd like. And we're going to do that right now because I was just looking up AEW News on my Google real quick. And this one particular um, article really piqued my interest as I was just talking to you guys about the uh, tag team match last night. Apparently, WWE cut ties with Vicky Guerrero. This is from WrestlingInc.com, um, from of course one of my favorite, my favorite writer uh, in the game right now, Mark Middleton. Vicky Guerrero on WWE cutting ties with her over AEW. Vicky Guerrero apparently has some heat with WWE officials due to her recent gig with AEW. As noted back in December, Vicky worked a pre-dynamite AEW dark tapings in Garland, Texas, calling the action as a guest commentator with Excalibur and Joey Janela. The episode. Of course, they have it on the YouTube channel. If you want to go check that out, Vicky revealed on her Excuse Me podcast with uh, guest David Benoit that WWE cut communication with her when they found out about the AEW gig. Vicky had previously asked WWE if she could interview some of their superstars for her show, and everything seemed to be working out until they found out about the dark episode. Vicky had also said WWE officials refused to talk to her and are no longer replying to her emails. Quote, I have the podcast now, and I had asked to interview some superstars for my podcast, and they found out I went to AEW, and now they don't even talk to me, Vicky said. Um, of course, uh, slash T2 Cupaholic. And she continued on saying, between me and you, speaking to David Benoit, they didn't call me for two years. I haven't heard from them. What do they expect me to do? Just to sit here and wait for them to call so I could do some work? I love wrestling. I love to work in the ring. And if someone is giving me an opportunity to go and show up and have some fun, I should, then I should be able to too because I'm not obligated to anybody. I saw that I pissed in their Cheerios, so be it. There's no word on if AEW has interest in using Vicky in the future, but she lives in the Garland area and that's likely why she was used for that night for the Dark Davids. It also remains to be seen if WWE will bring her back in the future. Vicky had left WWE in 2014 and made a few appearances in 2016. She was a surprise entrant in the 2018 Women's Royal Rumble match and later made a special appearance on the SmackDown 1000 episode special in October of 2018. So that's kind of interesting um, that, you know, WWE is just this petty. Um, doesn't surprise me that much, to be truthfully honest with you guys, because, you know, WWE wasn't, WWE officials don't want, you know, their talent or former talent to be working with any other promotion but theirs. But still, though, WWE, uh, Vicky Guerrero's not really signed to a contract, as far as I know, at least, uh, to WWE. And that's kind of crazy that they would just literally cut off all contact with her. Um, excuse me. That's just kind of crazy to me how that would actually work out. But who knows? Um, we'll see what happens with Vicky in the future. Maybe WWE will do that, but as of right now, WWE has cut all ties with um, Vicky Guerrero because of her appearance on AEW Dark just a couple months ago. So, of course, I know that the uh, ratings came out for last night's episodes of AEW Dynamite and WWE NXT. So let's find out who won this week's ratings battle. I know I usually don't like to talk about this, but it's the news, so we must discuss from BleacherReport.com, AEW Dynamite versus NXT. Who won the February 19th Battle of the Wednesday Night War? From Jonathan Snowden. There's nothing in the world quite like live wrestling. 
and you can sense the electricity in the air. Hear the people around you respond to every high spot and watch the performers grin and grimace in living color. It's hard not to be swayed and lose yourself in the moment. I mention this because I was at the State Farm Arena Wednesday night, and to be frank, that means the playing field this week is a bit tilted to all elite wrestling. As always, I will do my best to remain unbiased. Okay. Is he talking about his grades? Okay, yeah, he's doing grades. I was going to talk about the um, the ratings, actually, for this week's uh, episodes, which I, I don't like that. But I'm going to see if I can find it real quick, because I do want to talk about the ratings um, that went down, because they just came out just a little while ago. Let's see if I can find it. There we go. Dang. Wrestling Inc. to the rescue. Yeah, yeet. All right. So, from WrestlingInc.com, because Bleacher Report wants to act like complete dum-dums, AEW Dynamite Tops post-takeover WWE NXT episode from Mark Middleton that came out earlier today. Week 20 of the Wednesday Night War saw AEW Dynamite Top NXT once again. Wednesday's Dynamite episode drew 893,000 viewers on TNT, topping the 794,000 viewers garnered by the post-takeover on the USA Network by 12.5%, according to Jewelers Daily. AEW ranked number 5 in the cable top 150, while NXT ranked number 16. AEW ranked number 44 in viewership, while NXT ranked number 56. Last week's Dynamite episode drew 817,000 viewers in rank number 10 in the cable top 150 and number 61 in viewership, so it was up 9.3% in total viewers. NXT was up 5% from last week's episode, which drew 757,000 viewers in rank number 21 in the cable top 150 and 66 in viewership. AEW drew a .31 rating in the 18-49 demographic, topping the .25 rating that NXT drew in the same demo this week by 24%. Last week's AEW show drew a .3 rating, while NXT drew a .24 in the same demographic. This week's Dynamite episode featured the first ever steel cage match for the company, with Cody Rhodes defeating Wardlow in the main event, plus a tag team battle royal and AEW World Tag Team Champions Kenny Omega and Hangman Page retaining over the Lucha Bros. This week's NXT show featured fallout from Sunday's TakeOver Portland event with the Velveteen Dream defeating Roderick Strong in the main event. The Democratic debate on MSNBC topped the night in the 18-49 demographic on the cable top 150 with a 1.22 rating. The debate also topped the night on cable and viewership with 7.61 million viewers. Debate on coverage on MSNBC and Fox News also did well on Wednesday night. Of course, the final network TV numbers for Wednesday night are not available as of this writing, but NBC coverage of the Democratic debate topped the night with more than 20 million viewers from 9 to 11 p.m. ABC Survivor and Fox's The Masked Singer both drew more than 7 million viewers at 8 p.m., while CBS the usual strong showings from Criminal Minds and Chicago Med. So, once again, AEW. AEW once again wins the week. With that, and it was 893,000. Now, I want to see what their highest rating is. Highest ever episode. Now, as of late in 2020, uh, they have had four episodes in 2020 that had 900,000 plus viewership. And I would say, let me see, six of those, ep- six of those episodes 
have had at least 850,000. Six of their nine. Eight. Who was it? One, two, three. Can I count? Yeah, six. Six of their nine episodes so far have gone above 850,000 viewers. Now, I'm going to make a bold prediction here for you guys real quick. Um, considering the fact that, you know, so far, you know, on average, NXT has averaged, uh, I'd say close to 700,000 an episode. And then with um, AEW, I'd say teetering at least 900K an episode. I'm thinking this week's episode, this coming week's episode of AEW Dynamite, I think it's going to, I think it's going to be a million. I think they're going to break a million for the first time. Um, this is their go-home show coming up this week um, with, you know, everything that's going on. And, of course, you know, the, the big storylines and all that. I am, I'm, I'm going to bully, go, I'm going to put my neck out there and say that they're going to hit a million this week. I think this coming week, I think they're going to hit a million big time for this. I really do think that they can hit a million. If not, I'll be very I'll be very, very surprised. Um, I'm not going to hedge my bet. I'm not even going to say they're going to hit close. I think they're going to hit a million. I really do think they can hit a million this week. You got the... Um, you know... You've got the weigh-in going down for Moxley and Jericho next week. So that's going to be some crazy shit. It's the contract signing. I think that's pretty cool. You also have, you know, the... You have the... Um, Pac Omega 30-minute Iron Man match. I think that's going to be the main event of Dynamite this week. And I hope they don't have any commercials whatsoever for this. I don't think they should, nor do I want them to. Because um, they don't need to. But this is going to be a very fun episode um, of AEW. They haven't announced any other matches as I know of yet. So in terms of what we'll be seeing, that will be coming out throughout the week. Um, I'll try my best to actually uh, tweet those out, retweet those, uh, retweet the news out to you guys so you can, so you can keep updated with what's going on. But one last piece of information we had, and it's one thing I didn't talk about last night. Uh, actually, you know, last night, Jesus. Um, on talking about in the opening segment of what I loved uh, about AEW Dynamite last night. AEW unveils their first action figures. And uh, if you were watching last night's episode of AEW Dynamite, you already know the news, but if you didn't, here's what happened. So, this is from Ryan Satin from ProWrestlingSheet.com. All Elite Wrestling has unveiled the first look at their upcoming line of action figures. The advertisement was shown during Wednesday night's episode of Dynamite and featured Chief Marketing Officer Dana Massey hyping their partnership with Jazz AEW sent out a press release moments after the announcement with more details. Quote, Jazz Juarez, a, a global leader in play, and All Elite Wrestling, the new professional wrestling league that has taken America by storm, are tag teaming on AEW's first line of action figures and role play collectibles, featuring AEW world champion Chris Jericho, Cody, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, John Moxley, and more. The new AEW Unrivaled line will be on display at Jazwara's boot at Toy Fair in New York on April on February 22nd through 26th. So if you're gonna be anywhere in the New York area for the Toy Fair in New York, the New York Toy Fair, 
You'll be able to check that out as well and see it in person and will hit retail later this year. AEW collectible action figures will boast 25 points of articulation, real 3D scan likenesses, and a variety of accessories and authentic ringwear. With multiple waves per season, fans can collect the stars of TNT's new popular weekly show, AEW Dynamite, including MJF, Darby Allin, Dr. Britt Baker, Brandy Rhodes, Hangman Page, Jurassic Express, and many more. Each wave will include limited edition and rare variants to add chase and elation to every release. Other authentic items for tw fall 2020 will include the AEW Unrivaled Action Ring to play and display unrivaled action figures, and the AEW World Championship title belt with even more formats and innovations in development for future seasons. Quote, AEW has very quickly become one of the most provocative, engaging, and relevant wrestling brands of all time. It is a league embraced by generations of fans and collectors in a genre with a huge appetite for authentic product, said Jeremy Padaware, EVP slash partner of Jazz Juarez. We plan to build out the kind of program that can appeal both to, this, to the display collector and also to younger fans who want a tangible way to play and interact with their heroes, said Michael Rinsler, EVP partner of Desuarez. When AEW launched just over a year ago, we couldn't have imagined there would be a toy line this soon, featuring all wrestlers making its debut at Toy Fair in New York City, said Dana Massey, chief marketing and merchandising officer. But we've always known from the start that we have the greatest fans in the world, and we're constantly looking for new ways to positively engage and connect with them in ways that matter. Our partnership with Jazz ramps up our commitment to fan engagement, and we hope our fans will love the AEW action figures and collectibles, representing the personalities who have become part of their lives each Wednesday on TNT at our pay-per-view events and beyond. And like first look at these, these look really damn good. These look really, 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 really good. I am thoroughly impressed. I mean, even like seeing Jericho and Omega and the Bucks, like they were looking when they were taking a look at it in the during the uh, video package last night, they were very impressed with this, like with the way they made it look so lifelike. Um, you know, with their original gear. Kenny Omega, I think, had his one of one of his said like he has one of his favorite gear, favorite pieces of gear, his pants uh, that he that they put on him. Um, Brandy saw hers, and Cody comes over, sees Brandy's, is like, I hope you got one for me. And of course, out comes the pocket, boom, bang. Here's uh, Cody. So I mean, it's really cool to see. Like even Cody's here up a little bit, knowing like you're now immortalized. I think it's one thing to just be a professional wrestler, but I think for a lot of people um, to be immortalized as an action figure. That's pretty cool. I mean, I used to play with, um, I had action figures, wrestling action figures back in the day. I had Hogan, I had Savage, I had Hacksaw and Jim Duggan. Um, you know, I think it was pretty, pretty cool to play with those and just play around and just be like, and just make my own matches of, of toy action figures. It was really fun to see. Um, one of my neighbors back in the day when I was living in, um, uh, when I was living in uh, the southern part of New Jersey, um, he had one. My buddy, uh, this kid, Ruben. Um, I don't know, I'm surprised I actually remember the kid's name. Um, you know, he had action figures and we would just play outside. Right in front of, you know, right in front of our, you know, where we lived at and we were just playing all day, all day. Just playing with those for hours. And it was just so much fun. So now to see the new generation of younger, younger kids would now, they're gonna be seeing, able to see later on this year, um, have their own toy line. 
and have that come out. And now youngins can, you know, get a Kenny Omega action figure, can get a Chris Jericho action figure. The Young Bucks, Randy Rhodes, Cody Rhodes, to see that. And it's going to be so cool to see those kids be like, hey, I got my own AEW action figure. It's, it's, it's a really cool thing. And congrats to AEW. Um, big big ups to Jazz Juarez for uh, making the deal with them. And hey, you know, again, congratulations to them for, you know, coming out with their first action figure line. Um, really going to be interesting to see. Again, it comes down to retail later on this year. So, and if you're going to the Toy Fair in New York City, February 22nd through the 26th, the Jazz Warriors booth will be showcasing every single uh, piece of the first actual line that's going to be coming out later for later on this year. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be it for Light the Fuse, the debut episode of pretty much Love, Hate, AEW Dynamite for episode 171 of the Young Lions Perspective. As always, you all know how we do it. We're going to end the show in proper wild free fashion and get you ready for episode 172 of the Young Lions Perspective. We'll be right back. That's gonna be it for episode 171 of the Young Lions Perspective, the debut episode of Light the Fuse. Talking about what I love and what I hated from last week's episode of the Young Dynamite. As always, thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening. Wherever you may be, wherever you are, the world. Thank you guys so much for taking time out of the podcast. And as always, I greatly appreciate it. If you want more exclusive content from yours truly, King Ricky Rose, Kate Murphy, the home big homie Will, Nate, and the boy Fretzy, do not hesitate to check us out over on Patreon.com. Search for the Wrestle Attic Radio, and you should be able to find it without question for a mere 17 cents a day. That's $5 a month. I did the math, so you didn't have to. You're welcome, by the way. You can get exclusive content from all of us from the Young Lions Perspective Podcast, the Kings of the Rings Podcast, and the Game Changer Podcast as well, as well as joining our exclusive Patreon chat. And uh, trust me when I tell you, it does get lively in there. We have a lot of good times. Um, It's really fun and definitely want you to go check that out. We will be coming out with exclusive content and we'll be putting over there throughout 2020. So definitely get your butt over there again. You can find 17 cents literally in your, your pocket right now. Guaranteed. You can find it in your in your in your washer or your dryer when you're doing your clothes. Guaranteed. 17 cents a day equals to $5 a month. You can find it without question to get exclusive content from everybody at the War Familia. Go over there, patreon.com, and search for Wrestle Addict Radio. If you have any thoughts, opinions, ideas for shows, or if you just want to mouth off the side of your damn neck because you, because it's just Thursday and you felt like it, do not hesitate to go over to anchor.fm slash Radio and leave us a voice message over there. If you're going to talk to me personally, leave a like YLP, something along those lines so I know you're talking to me directly. And if I like your voice message enough, if I think it's hilarious, really good insight, anything like that, I'll have no problem featuring it on a future episode of the Young Lions Perspective Podcast. And of course, 
If you enjoyed this episode, do not hesitate to tell a friend to tell a friend about the Young Lions perspective. Share this episode across all of your social medias, the Instagrams, the Facebooks, the Twitters. Put it in your Facebook Messenger. Let a friend know about it. All that good stuff, especially with what I'll be, I got going on over the next couple of weeks. Of course, with the new format and change of schedule, you definitely want to keep your eyes peeled and your ears tuned in to what's going on with the YLP podcast and all that good stuff. I mean, think about it. Next Monday, well, yeah, next Monday, March 2nd, the good, the bad, and the ugly that was AEW Revolution. I'm going to be doing a, the good, the bad, and the ugly that was WWE's Elimination Chamber. I will not be doing any super letdown shows. Not my thing. Not going to do it. If anything goes goes left, though, during that show, i.e. Goldberg winning the Universal Championship and going on the WrestleMania face Roman Reigns, then at that point, we will discuss said things. And also, of course, y'all know, April 6th is one of the big ones for the year. The good, the bad, and the ugly that was WrestleMania 36 weekend. One of my favorite episodes to do during the calendar year and also one of my actually most Listen to episodes during the calendar year. Pat myself on the back and give myself a clap like I do to Monster Champa style. But that, that's neither here nor there. I digress. But yeah, you definitely want to stay up stay up on what's going to be going on with a YLP podcast. And because the YLP universe and the War Familia, we are the alternative for professional wrestling podcasts and that we are not only the cure for wrestling podcasts, but we are here to stay. Now, I know most of y'all do not have the Anchor app, and that's fine. You're not hurting my feelings by not having the Anchor app. Hey, everybody's got their favorite, you know, streaming platform they listen to podcasts on, you know, here, there, everywhere. You know, even your grandma's got her favorite ones. You know that how it goes. But if you don't have the Anchor app and you still want to listen to this episode of the podcast or any of the episodes from the Kings of the Rings podcast or the most recent episode, from the Game Changer podcast as well. You can still find our episodes across several different platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Castbox FM, Podcast Addict, Player FM, Stitcher Radio, and of course, that good old Spotify fam. Search for the Young Lions perspective across all these different platforms, and you should have no problem finding them whatsoever. Ever. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the Young Lions Perspective Podcast, go follow me over on my social media on my Twitter at Suede Senator War. That's S-U-E-D-E-S-E-N-A-T-O-R, capital W, capital A, capital R. I do live tweeting for AEW Dynamite, SmackDown Live. Still teetering in the balance, SmackDown Live. You've been doing eh, for the past two weeks, still on thin ice, and you're still on notice. But I also do live tweeting for every AEW live pay-per-view, every WWE live pay-per-view, every NXT and NXT UK TakeOver special. And I cannot wait to be live tweeting for NXT UK TakeOver Dublin when it goes down April 26th. That's going to be huge. And y'all know April 28th, that means the good, the bad, and the other that was NXT UK TakeOver Dublin. And that's going to be a wild one. But nonetheless, nonetheless, you know, I also do live tweeting for New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. It's rare. You would be asleep. But on the rare occasion that I'm up at 3.30 in the morning and nothing else is going on, and I just accidentally 
woke up because I had to go to the bathroom and couldn't go back to sleep within the next, within the first 30 minutes of me coming out of said bathroom. Well, I do live tweeting for it and NJPW as well. If you want to follow me over on the mothership of everything that is YLP Universe, where I do the spicy memes, updates for when I do episodes, and all that good stuff, and 60-second thought videos, of course, insanity at its finest, follow me over there at young underscore alliance underscore perspective on my Instagram. Follow me on both of those platforms to stay up to date with everything that's going on for the Young Lions Perspective Podcast. So, I'm going to look up to the judges to make sure I got everything in terms of obligations. Thumbs up or in the air. All right. So, with the new format, there is no episode on Friday. And, of course, like I said before in the beginning of the show, the NXT love-hate will now be going to Tuesdays. And what I will be calling last week, this week. Where I talk about last week's episode of NXT. And I talk about it during that week. Not only that, I will get you prepared for that Wednesday night's episode of NXT. Who what, You get the best of both worlds. You get a review and you get a preview to get you prepared for NXT on Wednesday nights. I think it's going to be a really cool thing. I can't wait to start doing it starting this Tuesday. It's going to be wild. So, guys, I usually would do this on Fridays. But... Since I don't have an episode an episode of the podcast until Monday, I'm going to get you going right now. So, we know Wilder Fury is going down this weekend. I'm going to go with Deontay Wilder to get the victory. I don't think there's going to be a knockout, though. I'm going to go with Deontay Wilder to defeat Tyson Fury by split decision, 2-1 decision, and he will retain his WBC Heavyweight Championship. I may be going to uh, Buffalo Wild Wings near, my, near where I live to go check that out. I'm not exactly sure yet. I might. I haven't gone out in a, in a little while. And I do would want some buffalo wings, and I haven't had a cold brew in quite a while. So I may consider it. Who knows? But, of course, y'all know the weekend is coming up. Tomorrow is Friday, and I always advise you guys, if you're going to be going out, enjoy yourselves. Drink one for yours truly, because, you know, I prefer vodka, rum, and gin, and all that good stuff. But please do be safe. If you're going to be going out, please do take that Uber or Lyft home. And, uh, yeah, because trust me, a five-figure settlement that you have to shell out towards your DUI nonsense would be uh, better served not doing that and spending the $20 it probably takes to get your butt home safe and sound in your bed, getting up Saturday morning with a tiny little bit of a hangover, but you'd be able to actually check out all the episodes from the Wrestle Attic Radio family. Now, that would be a better trade-off than being put in prison and not getting a court date till Monday. What do you think? Sounds good to me. So, guys... Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your Friday, your Saturday, your Sunday. Please do check out all the episodes from the War Familia, including this one right here. Check out my other episode of the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly that was NXT TakeOver Portland, because you know it's good. Please do check out the Kings of the Rings podcast. That is also up. And the Game Changer podcast when it does come out. Until Monday, guys. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. I'll see you right back here for episode 172 of the Young Lions Perspective. See you!